0: Harshish Naso, eating and holiness. In Mesech and on Aleph, our sages praise the person who takes upon himself Tanisim, fast days. It's talking there about someone who wants to volunteer to fast beyond the public fast days that the Halacha requires. And it says as follows: Kola Yeshiv Batanis, anyone who fasts a voluntary fast, Nikra Kadush, he's called a holy man. Now, That is some praise. A holy man. Not everyone achieves that title. And here it's the sages of the Talmud giving you that title. That's something. You know, last week, Albert Einstein was crowned man of the century. That's what someone told me. You know, what I said to that news, I say, So what? Who crowned him? That's the first thing we have to know. Who crowned him? If he was crowned by a Fruma organization, let's say the Aguda Sarabonim, then maybe... But who crowned him? Time magazine. Ignorant people. Amei Haaretz. So it doesn't mean a thing to me. But here, it's even more than Agud crowning the person with the title of Kadosh. It's the chachmei Shas, the sages of the Talmud. And they're crowning him, not just with any title, a Kadosh. Ooh, is that something? Now, where do we know that from? The Gemara says, it's from this week's Sedra, from the Torah's description of the Nazir. Kol yemei nizro kadosh hu All the days of his separating, he is holy to Hashem. Naso. A Nazir, because he assumed a period of time of abstinence, abstaining from wine, he is called a Kadosh in the Torah. Ki nezer elokav al the crown of Hashem is on his head because he devotes himself for a certain amount of time to be parush, to separate from wine. L'shem shamayim. The Torah puts a crown on his head, a crown of kedusha. And so our sages took out from here, they extrapolated that there is a lesson for how a person can make himself or herself holy. They see from here that when it comes to eating, there is a kedusha in precious in limiting yourself, in abstaining. Now, to people who are familiar with Sepharim, this is a well-known subject, this concept called Precious. In the Chavis Salavavas, there is a Sha'ar Precious, and in the Mesil Sisharim, also, there is a big section on Precious. Everywhere in the Sefarim, this subject of giving up unnecessary pleasures is treated many times at length, and it includes a wide range of our activities, and a big part of our Hashgafas, All of the Toyota attitudes and general attitudes that we need in life. There is precious in looking and precious in spending and precious in talking and precious in traveling and in many other things too. Everyone could make for himself a program of precious in all these areas and achieve more and more Kedusha all the days of his life. But we see here from the Gemara that merely to be parush from eating and drinking, that already is going to make you a kadush. What's the kadusha here? It's a very big subject, and I wouldn't be the one to fully explain it. You have to be a kadush to tell others about it. But at least I can repeat to you what I heard from my rabbayim and from what I've read in our Sepharim. Kadusha means that you're taking control of your animal soul, your nefesh Bahamas, And instead, your seichel is in control. That's a kadush. Now, the animal soul is something that even human beings possess. It doesn't mean that you're a cow. But just like a cow, we have certain reflexes that continue to control our functions, even without any thought. And if a person would follow only those inclinations, he would be like the behemis in the colleges, and in the editorial staff of the newspapers. There are even behemoths who are sitting right now in laboratories and they're getting Nobel Prizes for their great discoveries of science. They are wise people, capable, but if they allow their instincts to rule over them, then they, to a great extent, are no different from a cow. Now, it doesn't mean that the instincts, the animal inclinations are not valuable. They're very valuable. Eating, hunger, appetite... It's very important. More than important, it's a nace. How does it happen that you have an appetite? It's a miracle. You get hungry when your supply of energy runs low. The energy that you got from the last meal is used up, and so your body lets you know that you have to refuel. Now, when you have a car and you're driving down the highway, the car doesn't feel any hunger. There would be no way of knowing it. All of a sudden, the car stops, and you call up the mechanic at the garage. He says, Mr., there's nothing wrong. Your gas tank is empty. Your gasoline ran out. That's all. But suppose the car would get an appetite. And let's say whenever it's getting low on gasoline, the car would automatically go over to the next gas station and stop automatically. That would be a wonderful thing. The car sidles over gradually and stops at the gas station to let you know that it's time to refuel. Could be one day they'll invent such a thing. Maybe. Maybe. But HaKadosh Baruch who made that miracle long ago. He made it so that when your body has to be refueled, the body tells you, I'm hungry. How does it happen? Nobody can explain that. Scientists can't explain how it happens. It's Mama Shanice. The body tells you when it has to refuel. Suppose you didn't desire to eat. Suppose you had to eat according to a certain plan, a schedule. So every morning you have to look to your schedule. Am I supposed to eat now? How much am I supposed to eat? But suppose you lost that piece of paper, or suppose you're too busy to look. You keep on running around until Khalilah, you drop dead. But your body doesn't let that happen. The body says, stop and eat. We're hungry now. Ooh, what a nace that is. And so you sit down and you eat with an appetite. And when you eat enough, another nace happens. The appetite Goes away. Why should it go away? It should continue and continue until you burst, Khalila. You should have to look up at the clock, when to stop eating. No, automatically, you know when to stop eating. If that's not a nace, then show me a better nace than that. That the body is created with such chokhmah. You see that the appetite is a gift from Hashem. It's a nace, and yet it's the nefesh bahamis. It's an instinct, and if someone allows it to take control, it begins to lord over the seichel. It grows in strength, and it becomes the master. And that's what it says in Mishle. If a man fondles his slave, he spoils his slave. The end is that the slave becomes the master. Here you have a young slave, a nice-looking little boy. When he says, Master, do you want a drink of water? So you have Rachmanus and you say, no, I'll get it myself. You pat him on the head. You call him and you give him a candy. You don't let him do any work. You spoil him. After a while, the slave is lying on the couch and you're serving him. And when you get a little bit older and when you want to make use of the slave, so you say, look, Mamre, all the years I was serving you, now I'm old and weak. So get up. And serve me. So Mamre says, what do you mean? You want to control me now? (laughs) I should serve you? Oh my. (laughs) I'm out of practice. That's what Shlomo is telling you. Watch out for your little slave boys. Not only slave boys, your little sons and little daughters. Teach them to work when they're little. Not that the mother should be the slave in the house. Let the little girls wash some dishes too even though they might break one once in a while, teach little girls to wash dishes. Teach little boys to put things away. Everybody should have something to do in the house. Everybody should have some chore. Don't let him say, let somebody else do it. No, you must teach them. Otherwise, what's going to happen, the end will be that he'll be your master. That's how some translate manon. The slave becomes the master. That's a good muscle, but it's only a muscle. It's an excellent muscle, but there's something beyond that. We have a slave. The slave is our passions and our instincts. And if we yield to them, mephanek minoar avdo. This is your slave. This body of yours is your slave. Same thing with your stomach. Your appetite is your slave, and you're expected to make good use of it. But if you yield to your appetites when you're young and you eat candy all the time and drink soda all the time, like I saw a yeshiva boy coming Friday afternoon from the yeshiva, in one hand he had a popsicle, in the other hand a bottle of soda. So what happens? Number one is when he comes home, he can't eat any right food. He eats garbage, whatever his stomach wants, and he's unhealthy. Instead of being fortified with substantial food, he's filled with nash, with something that's just calories, and he's not fit for accomplishing. He's in a crabby mood, too. And if he gives in constantly to his nevish Bamiso, his stomach is going to eat him into the grave, Halila. That's what happens to very many people. By yielding to their stomach, the desire for nashadai, they get into an early grave. The majority of those who have died young were the result of yielding to their bodies, not only eating all kinds of bodily desires. And finally, they couldn't control their bodies anymore. The Rambam says that. But more than staying alive, our subject now is Kedusha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the servant of appetite, of eating. And it's a very loyal and capable servant. But it's a test, a test for achieving Kedusha. Because in addition to the Nefesh bahamis. Human beings also have a neshama, which is capable of using judgment. And therefore, we all have a neshama kadosha and a neshama bahamas. That's what we're made of. And living successfully means that the neshama kadosha is expected to be in control. Living successfully means that by means of practice and training, we are magbir the seichel over the Bahama. And that's called Kadusha. That's why when the Torah says, Kedoshim Tiyu, our sages tell us it means, Prushim Tiyu, be abstainers. Make yourself holy by means of saying no. And that's why the Nazir is called a Kadush. That's why he's crowned with the title of Kadush. Now what we said until now about the Kadusha of the Nazir is only part of the story. There's another side, an opposite side. Because not only does the Torah crown the Nazir with the title of Kaddosh, but he's given another less glamorous name. The Nazir is called a chayteh, a sinner. Tanya, we learned in a Rabbi Elazar ha hakapar ber Amar. Rabbi Elazar Hakapar kapar says, Ma'ta mudlomar v'chiper alav me'asher chata al hanafesh. What does the Pasuk mean when it says that the Nazir has to bring an atonement because he sinned against his nefesh? His health. Nefesh means his health. The body. V'chi nefesh How did the Nazar sin against his body? What did he do? He didn't go skiing. He didn't go mountain climbing. Ela, atzmo min He's being blamed for depriving himself of wine. Wine in those days was a very important part of the diet. It was like milk today. They drank wine at every meal because he deprived himself of an essential part of his diet, that man is a choyteh. And therefore a person who becomes a naziid is sitting against his body, and he has to bring an offering to atone for that sin. So it seems to be a stita. He's a kadosh, but he's also a choyteh. What does that mean? How could the two things be true? If he is a kadosh, how could he also be a Choite? So we'll explain it as follows. Suppose there's a couple, a man and a woman, and she is overweight and she must reduce. The doctor says that she must. It's very important. So she decides that she and her husband are going on a diet, but the husband is not on board. What is it my fault, he says, that you want to reduce? So she says, I can't help it. If we'll put those appetizing foods on the table, then I will yield and I'll be sick. Suppose, however, he says, but I have to work. You sit home all day long. So you can get along with small things. But I have to work. I have to eat a big hearty breakfast to go out to work. But she says, it can't be helped. You're married to me. And right now the most important thing is my health. We have to do this together. So the loyal husband gives in to his wife. What won't he do for the sake of his wife? Now your body, the husband, is married to your soul. That's the wife. And the soul wants to be a porosh. That way, it can be trained towards Kedusha. But the body says to the soul, I want to live a normal life. I want everything. So the soul says, If I'll give you everything, what's going to happen to me? I'll be ruined if I yield to every whim. I want you to be a Azir. I want you to separate from this world to a certain extent for my sake in order that we could be more devoted to Hashem. I want to make progress in my life, and I'm only living a short time in this world. The soul wants to make itself better, but he must apologize to his body. My poor body, he says. I'm sorry. I had to deprive you of them, but I'll bring an atonement. I'll have to seek forgiveness for my sin against the body. That is is the principle that is involved here. Or although you're chastising your poor body in order to make progress with your soul to be a kadosh, but still you have to bring a khatas. You have to realize that you're doing a wrong to the body. The body is not yours to mistreat. The body is like a child or an orphan given to you and it's your ward and you have to make the body happy. And in case you find it necessary to deny the body pleasures for your spiritual benefit, and you must, but still, you have to bring an offering to atone for the body. You have to realize you did harm to the body, only that the Torah says, go ahead and do it anyhow, because you need it. Even the best Nazir, the most holy Nazir, must atone because he sinned against his body. Now that's in the case of a Nazir who is justified in becoming a Nazir. It's a mitzvah to become a Nazir. Nevertheless, in a certain sense, he's a choiteh because he's depriving his body. But what about us? Suppose a person deprives his body, not because he's serving Hashem. Let's say he's eating things that are just a nash instead of eating things that are wholesome for him. So that person is a Choite without any excuse. And so we see that a person has to be very careful with his eating habits. The parsha of Naziris teaches us that a man is judged He gains the approval, or chas v'shalom, disapproval of Hashem, by means of his food, his eating habits. Of course, the highest approval means that a person is practicing all the time being a kadosh. Every day, constantly, he's faced with the test of being a parosh, a kadosh, from this or that, from superfluous things. And he's always strengthening his neshama, kadoshah over his nefesh bahamis. But even if he's not looking to be a kaddush, but at least the minimum that's required from him, he has to be careful not to damage his body. Now, it's not my line of work to tell you details about what yes and what no. I'm not in the nutrition business. It's a subject which I'm not competent to speak about. I am sure that if the foods are free of pesticides and free of additives, I'm sure they are more helpful, because there's no question that a kaddush Baruch Hu can concoct better things than mankind can. If you have whole wheat bread, for instance, we understand that you have all the elements that our Baruch Hu intended that you have to eat. Whereas if you mill out certain parts and you have white bread, so you're losing out. But more than that, I cannot say. I would be happy to give information, but I'm not the competent one. And so I'll merely say this. The rule should be what the Rambam says in Hilchas Deis. He says, Lo Yochal, Don't eat only things that your palate desires, like the dog and the donkey do. You're not an animal that eats only what it thinks is delicious to eat. You should eat only the things that are beneficial to you. So we see that following your desires, your nefesh bahamas, means that you lack sense like a donkey or a dog. And therefore, that's the only recommendation I'm able to give. Eat what's healthful to you. We eat for the purpose of being healthy. Now, will we specify for you that candies and cakes are wrong to eat? It would be foolish for anybody to make such a rule. Sometimes a candy or a piece of cake is important to give you a lift. Sometimes it's not wrong. Many times people are down and they need a lift. And then it's recommended that they take a nosh and enjoy a little bit more than the regular routine. Yes, sometimes you can do things that are not wrong to do, only that they're not recommended, but you do it in order to raise your spirits, and for happy occasions too. Sometimes people can be stimulated to a little more joy because of these things. Therefore, it requires discretion. But ordinarily, things that are full of sugar and preservatives and other poisons will cause you trouble. And usually it takes the place of the nourishing foods that you should be eating. And therefore, it's not sensible for a person to waste his efforts on nasherai. Here's a person who likes to munch. So before going to bed, he takes a bag of peanuts or pistachios and he sits down and he munches and he munches and he munches. He munches away his life. That person is not taking care of his health. You don't need me to tell you. You know that yourself. At least listen to the insurance companies. They're warning you all the time that you should not overeat. It's their business. A lot of insurance money depends on this. And so they know what they're talking about. They say that it's perilous to have extra poundage on you. And so the wise man is the one who chooses a diet that is healthy and nourishing. Not organic and special health foods. I don't know about that but foods that are healthful and nourishing and that people can get the most benefit from. That's how a wise man should eat. Who says you have to bring home pastries from the store? Teach yourself and your children to be satisfied with nourishing things. You don't have to nosh on candies and soft drinks with excess sugar and many other things that the body is much better off without. Children should be taught not just to sit at a table and drink juice one glass after the other or soda one glass after the other. Good, clear water is good enough to drink at the table, too. The first thing they do is they dive in for the juice or the soda. They're teaching themselves to be slaves to their passions. And so when you come to a place where they serve after the meal puddings or ice creams, you can say, this looks wonderful, but I don't eat this. It's a good idea. Decide that you don't eat chocolate cake and finished. If you do that, you're smart, and you'll also be beloved by Hashem. Now, I'm not in the business of giving eitzes, but I'll tell you something that's been tried and tested by bigger people than me. Listen well, because you can use this eitzah for other bad habits as well. Make a neder that the first time that you eat this chocolate cake, it will cost you $50 to tzedakah, to a tzedakah that you don't like. If you're a satmer, make a neder that you'll give $50 to the labavacher Yeshiva. If you're a labavacher, you'll give the satmer, Just one time, not forever. But trust me, you're going to keep putting off that first time. You'll make sure to skip the cake. If chas v'sholem, you're an oyver, you'll have to give $50 that week. Don't delay. And then you'll take another neded. that if it happens again the first time, it'll cost you another $50. Little by little, I guarantee you that you won't be interested in chocolate cake. Don't disdain what you're hearing now because it's certainly a wise idea little by little you become a more healthy person you won't be that khaita who is constantly putting things into your body that aren't healthy you'll live longer as a result and you'll also become kadosh yes it's a holiness as well and now we come to a more interesting way a more appetizing way of becoming a kadosh yes there is kedusha in Prishis, no question about it. But we're going to see now that there is something even higher. Because the Mesih L'shisharim says that there is a higher level of kedusha than abstaining from food. And that's the kedusha of eating food. A person can eat for kedusha too. Now that's quite a statement to make. And so we'll take it step by step in the time that we have left. The Medrishin in Rabbah tells us a certain story about Hillel Hazakein. He was in the yeshiva together with his Chavedim, and they were all being oisek b'toida. They were laboring in the toida study. But after a certain time, Hillel got up to leave. Now Hillel was known as a masmid. He was diligent in his studies. And here he was, one of the first to get up in the morning to go. It was surprising. So his Chavedim said to him, Where are you going? He said, I'm going to do a kindness. A kindness to whom? He said, I'm staying at a certain inn and I want to be kind to my host. So we might imagine that Hillel was staying at some little humble place and he was going there to help them out. Listen to what Hillel meant, to how it's explained. Hillel meant that he's staying in this inn over here, the Rav pointed at himself, the inn called I. Your neshama is staying in this inn, this hostel, and you have to do a kindness to this inn. You have to feed him breakfast. That's what Hillel meant. He was going to eat his breakfast, to do a chesed with himself. And he wasn't saying it as a joke. He was saying it as a yisod in understanding Torah. When you sit down to eat, you're feeding a Jew. You have to love that Jew, kamocha. You yourself are certainly kamocha. no question about it. Don't think you just love other people. Other people too, but it's kamocha. You are the example. This Jewish body deserves that it should be treated right. That was Hillel's attitude when he went to eat breakfast. He wasn't going just to fill his stomach or to tickle his taste buds. He was going to do chesed with a hungry Jew. And so, what of it if that Jew is himself? Now, eating breakfast, it's surprising how much space the Gemara assigns to such a function. There's a whole suga in Baba Metzia that talks about the necessity of eating something in the morning that's substantial. When you fulfill that Gemara, so you go out into the world fortified with some substantial food, the morning is a time when you burn up most of your energy, because you're most lively in the morning, but you have the gasoline in the tank. You have the energy to burn, whereas somebody else who was never trained to do the chesed with his own body, he grabs a nash, something that's just calories, just sugar, and he runs out into the world, so he's not fit for a grueling day of activity. And it's not merely a physical deterioration. The Gemara says that one who eats breakfast is going to be in a good humor. It's machnis es ha'ava. It brings in love of people. When a person feels well, he's capable of looking kindly at other people. But when he's in a crabby mood, then he doesn't like people with all the attendant troubles that result from dislike of others, quarrels, and and horror and sinas chinam. It's a remarkable thing how much the ruchnius is dependent on gashmius. How much of your avoytas Hashem depends on proper eating. And so Hillel is teaching us how to eat. How to eat like a Jew. You're not eating for fun. You're eating with forethought. For a reason. I am going to do a kindness at this inn that I'm staying in. That's an excellent intention. You're eating the shame shamayim now. By the way, It is good to train yourselves. I would recommend that you should say it too when you start eating. It's not a bad idea. Only that your wife shouldn't hear it. She'll laugh at you. Or your husband will laugh at you. But you should say it anyhow. Even if they'll laugh. I'm going to eat now. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. You should eat in order to serve Hashem. Wasn't it worth coming here tonight just to hear that? Try it tomorrow morning it doesn't cost any money. You say you're being a hypocrite. So I'll tell you that you'll never amount to anything if you don't try to be a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who's trying to run ahead of what he is. And sooner or later, he catches up with himself. To become somebody, you have to be a hypocrite. If you want to be sincere, you'll always remain a nothing. So first, Say it for a few years. I'm eating to serve Hashem. Say it, and say it again. Finally, you'll mean it. Let other people laugh. Mark my words. You will have the last laugh. Once you achieve that, there is a next step, however. A step closer to Kadusha. Let's say you are practicing the first step for five years. After about five years, maybe even sooner, you'll try the second step. Now, what's that? Le'olam Yamud adam atzmo a man should always view himself as if there's a holy man, a saint, a kadosh inside of him. As you lower the food into him, you're dropping it down. You're giving the kadosh something to eat. You hear that? You should consider yourself a kadosh. Inside of you, there's a kadosh. It says that in Hosea. It's a remarkable statement. How could you say such a thing? I'm a Kaddush. Yes, there's a Kaddush inside. There's a Neshama inside of you. A Neshama Kaddush. Neshama shenatati b'cha ota. The Neshama that I gave you, keep it alive. And so you're lowering food to a Kaddosh that's imprisoned inside of you and you're helping him to continue to exist. Now suppose you're not only imagining that you're a Kaddosh, the truth is, you should imagine it because you are a Kaddosh. Like it says, Veshachanti betocham. a Baruch Hu dwells among the Jewish people. Inside of them. So even the most simple from Jew, man or woman, boy or girl, is a Kaddosh. But suppose, however, that you are an idealist too. Imagine you're not merely an ordinary observant Jew, but you are a person of ideals. Let's say you studied these subjects that we speak about in this place. Let's say you listen to these tapes and you play them in your house and you try to live with the high idealism of a Torah Jew. You're a person who always is devoted to Hashem. You've trained yourself to think constantly about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whenever you see a mezuzah or tzitzis, you utilize it and you're constantly being reminded of Hashem. You can live that way. Now don't think it's too extreme a concept. Men and women can aspire to that. It's possible to learn that. If you make up your mind that you desire to gain this mida, if you toil, it will certainly be fulfilled in more or less measure. It grows upon you gradually, and you walk around like a man who is walking secretly with Hashem. Nobody knows who your companion is. Your companion is the Shechina. He is always with you. A person like that becomes a Mizbeach. He's an altar. He is a Kaddush just like the altar that was in the Beis HaMikdash, where the Shekhinah rested in its greatest glory. Why? Because the Shekhinah rests on him too. I'll tell you a story from the Gemara to explain a little more. In Masechet Pesachim, it says that a baskol, a prophetic voice, rang out in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash to make an announcement. The people who were assembled in the base of Migdash, and they heard a voice above their heads ringing out, a mysterious voice from above that proclaimed as follows, Sushari lift up your heads, O you gates, and welcome in this great man, Yochanan ben Narbai. It means that Hashem was honoring him. Now, what was the greatness of Rabbi Yochanan ben Narbai? That's all the voice said. The gate should open wide for him, but what was it that made him deserving of such honor? Now listen to this Shaya Mimale Shamaim. He used to fill his stomach, eating the koiche <speaking in Hebrew> Shamaim. You hear the greatness of this man? He used to fill his belly with the sacred foods of heaven. He ate korbonus. How much did he eat? He ate a fabulous amount. He was a very fat man, very big, a heavy man. Now, you don't get fat from fasting. He was eating. What was he eating, though? He wasn't eating cake. He wasn't eating candy. He ate korbanas. In his day, there was never any noiser in the Beis HaMikdash. There was never anything left over. Now you might think this man was a glutton, chas v'shalom. The baskol came and let us know that because he was a man who lived for a Baruch Hu, a man of idealism, and avoyed Hashem, his body was a Mizbeach. He was a Kadosh, a holy man, but he ate because he loved to serve Hashem, and therefore he consumed the korbanas like a fire on the Mizbeach. And it was so appreciated, the greatness of his character, his intentions, that this is one of the rare occasions where Baskol was heard in the Azara. Lift up, O oh gates, your heads. You have to become higher to let this high man come in. It is too small a gate for such a great man. And welcome in this big heavy man whose eating is kule Kodosh. Now, of course, it doesn't mean you should imitate him and get busy getting overweight. We're not going to deceive ourselves. We won't fool ourselves and think that we are and ben Narbai. And you're going to sit down and eat like you're burning an offering on the Mizbeach? No, it's very difficult. He did it L'Shem Shamaim, and that takes a lot of practice. It is necessary to be very prepared for Kedusha. Otherwise, you get lost in the eating, and it's nothing. It's just eating and gluttony. But we're learning here a very important point that it is within our reach to attain some of this perfection. We see that the Shekhinah rested on him and we all have that potential to a certain degree to achieve kedusha by means of eating. Of course, we never forget, we never leave go of practicing the kedusha of the Nazir who was a porush and separated from wine and grapes. As long as we are in this world, we try to become more and more kadosh by strengthening our Seichel, of self-control, and causing the neshama, Kedoshah, to overcome the Nefesh Bahamas. And you'll live longer that way too. You'll be healthy and strong, and you'll live many good years because of that. And yet at the same time, you'll be eating too. I'm sure all of you here eat sometimes, and so we always remind ourselves that we can achieve Kedushah by means of our meals too. As much as possible, we eat L'Shem Shamaim, we're being goy mel chesed, to the body that we're residing in in order that we should be able to serve Hashem. And the more idealism we add in our lives, the more our eating becomes the highest level of Kedusha, of being a holy mezbeach that consumes food for Hashem. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Living with Kedusha in eating. Just like the Nazir became Kedush by abstaining in his diet, we also can become holy through abstinence. This week I will be neder, not eat any cake or some other food which is unnecessary for my health. In order to strengthen myself in this precious program, I will take a neder to give a certain amount of tzedakah to a kosher organization that I don't love, every time I don't control myself. This neder will help me to learn self-control, the first step towards Kedusha. However. Since I would like to go further towards Kedusha, I will also try to say the following before every time I eat this week. I am about to eat so that I could serve you better, Hashem. Eating this way fulfills the halacha in Shulchan Aruch and brings me closer to Hashem.